Every lady needs a hobby. A Miss Fisher's Murder Mystery Podcast. I'm Mackenzie. I'm Genevieve. <laughs> this week we're discussing Season 2, Episode 10, Death on the Vine. I'm glad it's Death on the Vine and not just, like, maiming. Oh, wait, I forgot it's always death. It's always death. It's death every time. <laughs> murder is literally in the title of the show. It's right for the twist in one one episode or something that it's actually not a murder. Like, you know, I feel like they, they could have done that and they never did. Like, turns out they were just missing or they faked their death or, you know, like, why did yeah, they do that? Somehow it's more interesting when the person actually dies. But like once in a while for a change, you know? Yeah, well, maybe in uh, Miss Fisher's Modern Mysteries, they'll do that. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, yeah. um, you have some housekeeping. Yes. So before we get into Death on the Vine, um, we have gotten several listener requests that we start um, talking about Miss Fisher's modern mysteries. Um, and the answer to when we will be doing that is very soon. Um, we need to get our act together and actually subscribe to Acorn, which is definitely on the agenda. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> once we do that, um, we will start reviewing Miss Fisher's modern mysteries. Um, the format will probably be a little different, but it will still be just as fun. And we'll release an episode of Miss um, Fisher's Murder Mysteries and then an episode where we talk about Miss Fisher's Modern Mysteries just to keep things interesting. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm also really excited for 60s fashion, which I love. Mm-hmm. 20s fashion. Like, I am following the Miss Fisher's Modern Mysteries Instagram, which is actually a bad idea in terms of getting spoiled, like the spoiled uh. left and right. But <laughs> um, I'm obsessed with, like, uh, I guess Peregrine's hairstyle, and I did in fact order a bumpet so that I could achieve <laughs> that like 1960s beehive look. Love I had it. to look really hard for that, by the way, but I found it. <laughs> I don't think I have enough hair anymore to do that, but um, I'll, yeah, yeah it's, it's so short now. Anyways, um, so yes, like, you were like balding. <laughs> no, balding. I just chopped all my hair off. <laughs> She's got thick, luscious hair, listeners. <laughs> uh, not very thick, but I'm not very oh, yet, you know, I'm in my 30s now, so it's only a matter of time. Probably just in there all the way. Yeah. Um. Anyways, okay, so that was a bit of a tangent. But also, as you know, as we've talked about, um, we will be at Miss Fisher Con. And whether you'll be at the con or not joining us, you will get a chance to participate in our live show that we are doing at the con. Um, so there'll be some listener polls that we'll be putting out on social media, um, probably in early June. Um, so stay tuned for that. And we hope you can join us at the con and come to our live show. It's, uh, July 25th through 27th in San Jose, California. There's still some tickets available at MissFisherCon.com. And we'd love to see you there. And even if you're not able to come, we want you to be part of our show. So stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. Get excited. We're excited, so. Um, and then the usual housekeeping is that we love hearing from you. So please send us messages. You can tweet at us. You can comment on our website. Um, I guess you could send us an email, although I don't think anyone's ever done that. Uh. <laughs> yeah, maybe like, maybe one. No, that was through the website. Anyway, every, <laughs> well, anyway, every lady. Help, yeah, gmail.com. You can email us. <laughs> yeah. Um, and everyladyneedsahobby.com. Um, and then what is, what's our Twitter handle? Lady Every, I think. Lady Every, yes. Lady Every on Twitter. Uh, or, you know, you can comment on our Instagram as well. So get after it. Yeah, come on. We're on Tumblr. Um, and I think that's it. Vine? No, Vine isn't in business anymore. We don't yeah, have Yeah, we're definitely not on Vine. <laughs> <laughs> Snapchat. Maybe we should get on Snapchat. 
I don't know about that. I feel like that might not be our target demographic. Listeners, are you on Snapchat? <laughs> I say that and I'm not on Snapchat. I don't think Snapchat. I have an account, but it made me feel too old. I didn't understand it. I thought people were sending things just to me and then I figured out that they weren't. And then I felt I felt a little gypped. Anyways. Oh yeah, that's basically like an Instagram story. Except I mean they invented that and Instagram just copied it, so Right. Yeah. Um oh also um, this is a lot of rambling at the beginning of the episode, but we do have merch. Um, we'll also be um, wearing it at Miss FisherCon, so you can see it in real life. But you can get it before then, and maybe wear it at Miss FisherCon, and we can match. Um, but you can find it on our website. Got yeah. Some, some tote bags, some mugs. Yeah, I'm a particular fan of the mug. I drink out of, I drink my mm-hmm. coffee out of it uh, every morning, so I recommend that. Yes. Um. Okay. Well, I think that's all the housekeeping. Anyways. Um, I'm taking my my flannel off so you know it's getting serious. All right. Heating up just like it did in that vat of grapes. (laughs) Oh, 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 I can't wait to talk about that. Um, So, yeah, this episode, I like it. I like it a lot. Not just because I like wine, um, but for me. I like like any episode where they go out of town, you know? Yeah, and kind of get, like, Jack and Hugh to come meet them. Which is absurd, absurd, right? Like, (laughs) it's great. And we get Jack coming in and pushing the local clods around. It's always great. Can you imagine if I went on a trip and then I called you and I was like, I need you immediately. And you just like drove over. Like you just showed up and you're like, I'm here to help. Like, yes, I actually can't imagine that. But you wouldn't do it. Yeah, I would. (laughs) Okay. Let's just say you went to like Portland, Maine and you had to solve a murder and you called me. I would 100% drive to Portland and help you solve the murder. That's just because you like Portland, Maine. Oh! Because <laughs> there's really good restaurants there. You could hiking. No. The best Whole Foods on the East Coast. Like, I don't, I mean. No, because that's what friends do. And Jack and Brian are friends, and we're friends, and I would come help you. To if, be fair. If you were in wine country. <laughs> to be fair, you would be the first person I'd call if, if I had to solve a murder, because you're so much better at catching clues than I am. Exactly. <laughs> life would be like it's a clue and it would just be a random piece of trash so yeah I'd be like it's a it's a receipt from Rite Aid the killer has acid reflux and I'd be like I don't, I don't think the killer has acid reflux <laughs> well we'll get to test our murder solving skills um at Miss Fisher Con at the Curse of the Black Scarab murder mystery oh. I am so excited for that game because I played it at a party recently and I like basically my MO at a party is just like walk around and start conversations with people about like random shit. Like, have you seen that dress? Like, who's this girl? Like, what's going on over there? When do you think the food's coming? Like, I am so good at that. And with the murder mystery, they like give you things that you're supposed to like walk around and and, and gossip about. So it's like it's prepackaged for me. That's great. Um, yeah. well, just occurred to me that maybe everyone does that at parties, but I don't know. It's kind of my, it's kind of my it thing. It depends so. on what mood I'm in. I'm way more likely to kind of, if if I'm not in a chatty mood, I'll just sit back and observe everyone, which I guess would also be useful in solving a murder. Because I'd be like, you know who's acting fishy? So-and-so. Yeah, yeah. Well, can't wait. Hope to see you guys there, listeners. Yes, I think there's still, I haven't actually checked. I hope there's still tickets available so that everyone can come join us at the Curse of the Black Scarab. Um, we're going to the later time because it's right after our live show. So Yeah, yeah. So watch a live show, get some dinner, have a lot of wine, and then come solve a murder with us. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, once again, we've gotten completely sidetracked. This is a great episode. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good one. Um, 
So uh, in the cold open of this episode, um, we see a body being dragged across the floor. Like, spoiler alert, I bet there's going to be drag marks involved later. Um, Wait, just like in the last episode. <laughs> uh, we see Stiller's some- ever heard of brooms. Sleep <laughs> <laughs> it up, kids. Um, then we see some photos being burned and uh, a man wakes up like inside of a cask and like struggles to escape in vain and we see like something like a matches list something maybe is being burned it's murder he's done he's dead (laughs) um yeah so this is during the credits but i noticed that one of the actresses in this episode is named genevieve so i looked her up her name is genevieve picot and she plays velma in this episode so (laughs) once again a murderer named genevieve this is not a good track record for this show it does seem like a little bit of a, like a murderer's name now that you mention it. Yeah, it kind of is. Like, do you think Mackenzie is a murderer's name? I think it's a little too, I don't know. No, it's not. There's something about Genevieve. Oh, no. It's, un- it's unusual, but in French, and no one trusts French people, I think. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We love we love French people. That was a joke. Um <laughs> I should probably cut that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyways, so that's the cold open. Yeah. Um, okay. So then in the next scene, Dot and Miss Fisher are stuck on the side of the road looking at a map. Uh, how quaint. They didn't have GPS. Um, so you don't think that lost- Spano has like some sort of very um, high-tech infotainment system? Uh, at least a TomTom, you know? Yeah. <laughs> came out in the 20s, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, and then also, um, Miss Fisher may have told Dot they were going to, like, a petting zoo, not a vineyard. Will there be baby animals there? No, no baby goats for you, Dorothy. (laughs) Um, then a shady policeman pulls up and gives them directions to the local wine festival, which is happening in town. And if you're wondering, listeners, if at this point in the show I got up and poured myself a glass of wine, you'd be right. (laughs) That's what I did. Seems like the right move. <laughs> also, this guy, this guy, Clem Ford, he just shows up and immediately just oozes like patronizing. And he's just like, Do you ladies need some help? And he's just like, Oh, here's some poor helpless ladies. Let me just let me just roll up and give them some help. And proves to be he's like that all the time, and it's really annoying. God, it's so annoying. It's so classic, too, if you're, like, a damsel in distress with an automobile. Like, I can't even tell you the number of times that I've been trying to start my car because, you know, I drive a, a crappy car, and men have, like, stopped to, like, give me advice and ask me if it's the battery. And I'm like, it's not the battery. I know what's wrong with it. Go away. <laughs> but, like, constantly. Yeah. I'm always, like, whenever, if my, like, I have a problem with my bike or my car, like, for a while I was running out of gas because my gas gauge broke. As soon as it would happen, I'd be like, please don't let a man stop and offer to help. Please don't let a man stop and offer to help. <laughs> I'm like, this is why I have AAA, and it's fine if the AAA guy is a man, because I called him here to help me. You specifically requested his help. <laughs> <laughs> I paid for this service for my hard-earned wages. Anyway. <laughs> so then... Um, Next up, the Hispano rolls up onto the scene of the Maiden Creek Wine Festival and, like, right into it. It's like she parks, like, next to the banquet table. I mean, to be fair, it's a pretty small festival. It doesn't seem like they have a parking shortage. Yeah, it just seemed, like, a little odd. But I guess they probably didn't have, like, designated parking back then for festivals. I don't know. They didn't have someone, like, an orange vest with a flag, like, telling her where to park? No, I don't think so. (laughs) 
Um, so then there's just like a series of little uh, events that happen with the characters. Uh, a man with his arm kind of in a sling is about to kick off the festival, um, but he mentions not wanting to start without his brother Oscar, who um, hasn't been there for the last 10 festivals and apparently is missing right now. Could it be um, the man trapped in the wine cast? Full? Oh, gosh, I, I think it might be. <gasps> um, and then the policeman and um, this guy, Frank, who's an employee, uh, give him the go ahead to just kick it off. So he, he starts. Um, he gives a toast in German and then the town doctor, Bob Ryan, introduces himself to Miss Fisher and Dot just as his daughter runs screaming onto the scene to report, guess what? Murder. Murder. (laughs) Right when Miss Fisher shows up, what are the chances? Yes. (laughs) To be fair, we did, okay, we did learn already that she has been called here on a case. So I guess it's not that surprising that murder has ensued. Um, and also we see Valma brushing dirt off the doctor's shoulder. So this, Bryony notices this, and it it is a clue, and it does come to play later. The clueiest of clues. It's very much a clue. It's a very specific thing to happen so early in the episode not to be a clue. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, so then, of course, Miss Fisher goes right to the scene of the crime slash wine cask. Um, and the victim is indeed the missing brother, Oscar, and also the, mis- the person Miss Fisher was supposed to be meeting. Um, the policeman thinks that meddling lady detectives should get back to the kitchen where they belong. So he has Miss Fisher and Dot escorted out of there. But now before she, of course, as usual, pockets some evidence. <laughs> I, I, he's like, he's like, I, he, he very helpfully suggests that all the women go outside because Flora is there and is like freaking out, understandably. And so they escort Flora out, but... Miss Fisher does not leave. His first suggestion that all the women leave. <laughs> she, then, she first produces her card and then is told to leave again. <laughs> classic, <laughs> classic Miss Fisher. When has the card ever worked? Never. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Clem makes some comments about wind, women interfering in police business when he sees the card. So. That guy, again, just the whole time. Okay. Um, so then uh, Miss Fisher and Dot next go to the inn where the owner, Velma, tries to put them off um, very suspiciously. But Miss Fisher strong arms her into a room with some kind of like traveling travelers regulation or something that I'm sure is not in place anymore. <laughs> um, I mean, I hope but, it is. It's basically like a non-discrimination thing, it sounds like. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then we also discover that the doctor appears to be staying at the inn, like, every night, which, which is... Which, why, why is he signing into the register every night? I don't understand. Yeah, that. like, I don't think he's paying for his own room, if you know what I mean. Wink, <laughs> wink. Yeah. And also, Velma apparently lost both her husband and son in the war, we discover in this scene. Um, and then, back out in the town square, everyone is acting pretty shady. Uh, Everyone's think- snooping on everyone in the scene. Yeah. Um, I think it's so funny, like Frank washing the car. He's washing, I guess, Clem's car. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just like gets a bucket of water and just kind of tosses it casually onto the car. And I'm like, buddy, you got to wash that whole thing. Like, are you going to just like haul? How many buckets of water are you going to haul and just sort of casually toss onto it? Because that how people washed cars back then before they had hoses. He's also washing it, like, in the middle of the road. Like, he's going to have to haul that water. Like, you'd think you'd park it near the water source. Yeah. Even if you didn't have a hose. Also, like, they probably had hoses back then. Like, they were running a winery. They yeah, you're hoses. right. <laughs> and also, like, they're totally setting him up as a red herring because he's acting shady here. But I'm pretty sure he's not involved at all. Like, he didn't do anything. No. No, 
I mean, his his wife was having an affair with a dead man, but she didn't have anything to do with murder either. Yeah. So that just basically makes him a sad cuckold. Yeah. He's kind of, yeah. Man, I should have put him for worst week. <laughs> Spoiler, I did put him for worst week. Never did I. <laughs> um, so then his wife, the doctor's daughter, is like blubbering out all of the Voight's business to Miss Fisher until the doctor sort of shuffles her off. Um, and what does she drop in the scene? That the brother Eric wants the body cremated right away, or no, the doctor says that. Yeah. Um, so but Flora says that. So she keeps house for the voids, which is kind of how she knows. Kind of how she knows this, but she's also having an affair with Oscar. We learn later, but um, Oscar had just come back into town a few months ago. Um, and it sounds like there's some drama with his, his father dying and the family kind of broke apart. And it sounds like he was a little bit estranged from his brother, Eric. Um, and then the doctor comes and tells, uh, Fry me that it was, was a heart attack and the body is just going straight to the funeral director to be cremated. And there's a family history of heart attacks. Even though the guy is like approximately 35. <laughs> yeah. Miss Fisher's like, it wasn't he a little young for that? And she's like, and what about the bruise on his head and his broken fingernails? And Ryan's just like, yeah, but the brother really wants it. And then Clem is also lurking and comes up and threatens Miss Fisher after Ryan leaves. And I have to ask, like, don't these people know that all of this shady business and threats are just going to rile her up? Like, they don't know Miss Fisher. Like, they, you know, she's like a dog on the scent. They think she's a soft city lady that'll just flee at the, the smallest threat false <laughs> are about that but yeah um so then miss fisher goes out into the vineyard to talk with eric who's trimming some vines um and he's also not particularly interested in a meddling lady detective um and then do some sparring um and there's fisher also talk- some definite sexual tension going on amidst the sparring oh yeah because she's like trying to help him and he's like fuck you don't help me which is kind of like i mean i feel like that was sort of a weird move on her part because like okay he's got like this this bad arm and like you shouldn't you know like maybe help someone unless they ask you for help like I don't know yeah yeah. Yeah. but anyway um uh Miss Fisher tells him that Oscar wanted some photographs investigated um and he kind of indicates that they were having a feud and she says that she still intends to do the job she was hired for even though Oscar is dead well and also Oscar had specifically asked her to investigate a suspicious death so right yes and I think it's funny that she says that because, like, if someone hired me for a job and then, like, just kicked the bucket, I'd probably just take the day off. I don't <laughs> Maybe that's my poor work ethic, but I don't think I would be. I'd be like, so am I still getting paid or? <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm not going to do the job then. <laughs> <laughs> so I already got paid and now the guy is dead. But she's a lady detective. She can't just, like, walk away from a murder like that with the money. No, she doesn't need the and money. It, she's not in it for the money. She's in it for the investigation. Yeah. And then also if she had just like bought a case of wine, driven back to Melbourne and gotten her nails done, it would have been a really boring episode. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's probably what I would have done. I'd be like, oh, damn, he died of a heart attack. That's just too bad. I'm going to use this money he paid me to buy some of this fabulous wine. <laughs> yep. Um, um, well, we also learn in this scene that, and this is a total red herring, so it's not really that important, but also it took me several times in watching this episode to actually understand what this plot line was. But Eric shares his half of the vineyard with Frank, Clem's right. son. Um, and it sort of was a, a, um, 
informal agreement and then Oscar was upset because in their dad's will it was that they couldn't sell it to someone outside the family and Eric really wants to make well Clem really wants Frank to be officially in on the business so there's some tension there between the brothers so he's kind of a suspect because of that Eric is kind of a suspect yeah um but indeed a red herring um, so then back at the inn, Dot and Miss Fisher review the clues so far. Um, it seems clear that Oscar was scratching at something. He had sit all over him. There was a bruise on his head and Miss Fisher found a match. Um, and they're going to have to go examine that body more closely in a midnight break in. Of course. <laughs> and I noted I, for some nighttime investigation. <laughs> I noted I hope she packs the black beret. But in fact, she did not. She, wears, no. she at no point wears the black beret. She kind of needed it, though. Because then she gives her hat to Dot. She's not even wearing a hat. Which seems like it might have been scandalous in the 20s. I feel mm-hmm. like everybody was always wearing a hat. Oh, um, and then also... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, someone left a carpet python in the nightstand. Yeah. I was just... In this scene, I love how Dot um, is just, like, carrying this very elaborate, like, fur coat and putting it in the armoire. <laughs> but, yeah. like, of course, Miss Fisher is traveling with this, like, huge fur-collared coat. Yeah, like a, investigating a murder on a farm. I think this coat is the perfect attire for this task. <laughs> Anyways, that's before they discover the snake in the drawer. Yeah, and then Dot drops the gun and it goes off, which is like, why is there no safety on this gun? Why is she carrying it around loaded? Well, I can understand carrying it around loaded because in her suitcase, like it's not, if she needed like a quick draw, you know, like it wouldn't, it wasn't ready at hand. Yeah, that's true. It's not like she had a holster on her belt or something. It actually seems pretty negligent to carry a loaded gun in a suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. All right, Miss Fisher. <laughs> gun safety. Well, due to the Python, they decide they're going to need reinforcements, which I think we all know is going to be Jack H. Robinson. I gave him a middle initial. Is that really his middle? I don't think that's really his middle initial. No, I gave it to him, but it stands for handsome. Oh, uh, well, that makes a lot of sense. Does he have a middle name? I don't know. Listeners, if you know, as many of you are way more observant than we are, please let us know. Yeah, tweet at us and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. I don't know yeah. why. I, I don't have anything to say. Do you think that the Python was CGI? It looked like it wasn't real to me. Oh, I like, what's, what, what's more expensive, CGI or real Python? Probably CGI. Yeah, tricky. Anyway. I bet it was uh, just a, a snake, a harmless snake that they actually put in there. Yeah, yeah, probably. But I feel like then if that's a TV show, then you have to have like, a snake handler on hand and like probably it's a whole thing. Maybe it was an animatronic snake. An animatronic snake, like the cat in the original Sabrina. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a spinoff with a snake that talks. In <laughs> um, the spinoff, it's, doc- it's centered on Dr. Mac and the snake is her like pet. Is, he like hmm. he helps okay. her solve crime yeah he's a crime solving snake that would be a bit of a departure um from the canon but i mean a spin-off idea is a spin-off idea so that's my vision we'll, we'll <laughs> pitch it we'll pitch it you know we'll pitch it um so then down in the lobby the doctor and clem are having a drink so miss fisher has to speak in code when she calls jack she needs a mechanic for her broke down hispano um, which is not very convincing, but no, it's just like very obviously speaking in code. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and at City South, Hugh appears to have been writing some love poetry or something using Jack's collected Shakespeare, which is an important side plot. <laughs> and also, but, Jack is like 
totally on to him. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Um, and then, you know, point being, Jack's on his way. Jack to the rescue. Yes. Um, and he also, they, he's he's a smart guy, so he's kind of putting it together. He's like, didn't a notification of a death come in a few hours ago? And he's, yeah, he's on to it. Yep. Um, so then Dot and Miss Fisher, like, sit on the porch of the inn, like, at what appears to be midnight. Um, so the policeman is fully on to them. He knows a break in his plan, and he offers some thinly veiled threats about falling down mine shafts. He's just, like, mostly what he does in this is act patronizing and threaten people. Yeah. What a life. What a life. But in the end, he's kind of, he's, like, I don't want to say he's a good guy because he's, like, completely obnoxious and stupid the whole time. But he's not a murderer. He's just yeah, trying, you know, you help this town. You might say that he's guilty of obstruction of justice. Oh, he definitely is. I'm Which not saying he's an innocent sense. man. I'm just saying. Some other prominent public figures. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Not a political podcast. <laughs> Point being, God's going to have to create a diversion. <laughs> um... And back at City South, Jack is offering some encouragement to Hugh regarding Shakespeare and romantic declarations. Um, he tries totally to call the, him. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, anyway, so Jack's put <laughs> off by the classic bad connection trick. Um, and then, like, Velma, I love this little scene where she hangs up the phone and then she's, like, a creepy psychic with her bead curtain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, like, puts her hands together and, like, takes a deep breath and you feel like she's about to just cast a spell and then go through her bead curtain. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um anyway, Jack suspects foul play. So Yeah, he's on he's on to the on the scent. Yeah. Of both his, um eminent proposal and the murder that is a fight. Yes. Chief Inspector uh, indeed. Yeah, he's he doesn't miss anything, whether it's a clue or a bumbling attempt at a poetic proposal. <laughs> Um, so Q Diversion, a.k.a. Dot taking a midnight stroll in Miss Fisher's clothes, <laughs> which is so funny. Like, I didn't even, this didn't even occur to me until just now, but this isn't, this is a case of Undercover Dot. Yes, it is. She's undercover as Frank. Very briefly. Um, so then Miss Fisher, meanwhile, heads to the winery to knock on all the barrels, um, which would definitely be my first move, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then in an empty one, she discovers the sooty remains of a little fire and evidence of burned photographs and a body being dragged, <laughs> as predicted. I'm telling you, these criminals need brooms. Brooms, people. They are so inept. I mean, come on. Even, like, you remember, like, in 101 Dalmatians, where they're, like, walking through the snow and they oh, yeah. And then, like, the mom dog is, like, getting a branch to, like, wipe away the tracks. Like, even dogs figured this out. And these (laughs) inept murderers can't figure it out. (laughs) Honestly, that's one of the few things I do remember from 101 Dalmatians. Do you remember how they also put, they covered all the dogs in soot to make them black dogs? (laughs) Classic, classic film. And I think, I mean, we can all agree that true hero of that film was Cruella DeVille. A a fashion icon, at least. Um, so Miss Fisher, uh, then examines the body, but is pretty much immediately caught by Eric, the brother. Um, and then she like quickly presents the evidence that he, that Oscar was obviously murdered. Um, but the policeman shows up and then, uh, Eric hires her basically on the spot in order to protect her from the policeman's wrath. She also finds some, some key clues in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so Oscar has some soot on his jacket that matches the soot in the vat and matches the soot on Dr. Ryan's shirt from earlier. 
What um, what makes the soot match? Like, is it all soot matches, or does this soot in, in particular have a, a characteristic? It's it's murder soot. Um, okay. And I think it has a special smell. Uh, yeah. You can just tell it's a clue. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think it's the clue uh, smell. I think you're right. Yep. Yeah. Right. Um, and also she finds a little rubber band in his pocket. In oh, Oxford. yeah. Yeah. Important clue. It's a clue. Um, I also noted that in the scene, um, Eric's got some great swoopy hair. His, his uh, hair is just flopping down onto his forehead. I love it. He looks way better without the cap. He way does. Better. Yeah. He's a dreamier than usual non-Jack romantic interest. Yes. Um, although not the dreamiest. Who do you think is the dreamiest? Who would you say is your favorite? I mean, maybe this is just me, but I sort of liked the Latvian anarchist. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of liked him, yeah. I mean, I also like from the episode one, Sasha, the the dancer. Wait, was his name mm-hmm. Sasha? Yeah. But I'm not, ah, but interesting. That would not be my but- dreamiest pick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I just like the way he kind of like picked her up and just like hoisted her. But um, I'm still and will continue to be for all eternity upset that the circus strongman was not a romantic interest because he was so hot. So True. He, he would be my number one, but they never sealed the deal. So maybe it happened off screen. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope so for both of their sakes. <laughs> <laughs> There's, anyway. sure there's a fan fiction out there where that happens. Yeah, if there isn't, you should write it. Yeah, yeah, readers, please send us the fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> if, there's anyone, if there's anyone qualified to write circus fan fiction, it's me. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You should write it. Even if it is out there, like, take a new take on it. Yeah. Um, huh. Anyways, I'm still, I think the Latvian anarchist. It's like that air of danger, you know? Yeah, and yeah, and he's like all his tattoos, and I like it. There's just, also there's just really good sexual tension between them in that mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way he just kind of like grabs her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, we are not reviewing that episode. <laughs> oh, we and now just thinking of Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so then next up in some dingy corner of a barn, Eric lets Miss Fisher go through his brother's suitcase. Um, and of course, it's he has office. dingy corner of a barn. I'm pretty sure it's their office. It looked like a dingy corner of a barn to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, um, of course, in the suitcase, he has a book of German poetry with a couple of pages missing because, like, this is a murder mystery. So obviously missing pages are a clue. Um it's not There's just some, like, oh, I need some kindling. Yeah, no. Some pages of this book. I don't like this poem. I'm going to use it to light a fire. <laughs> Roll a cigarette. <laughs> um... And then there's some photographs which have a rubber band around them matching the one she found. And uh, there seem to be some discrepancies regarding whether or not the festival happened the year the war ended and the year that their father died. Um, And Oscar was digging into these discrepancies. I'm raising, I'm trying to raise one eyebrow right now. Well, listeners can't see it, but I am. Listeners, let the record show that she's not really doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. See, all seems very suspicious. But yeah, it was the 1918 wine festival, which was canceled. And they had originally been going, they were going to hold the festival late. But then his father died the night before the festival. But in the photos, I don't think we find this out here, but later, his father is at the festival. Yeah. I mean, they should have just, I mean, why didn't they just tell the lie that he had a heart attack after the festival? Like, why did they come up with this obviously disproven, like photographic evidence disproves their story? 
Yeah, and, like, they all seemed to know that that newspaper reporter was coming. It was, like, a feature article for the regional newspaper. Yeah, I mean, I guess we live in the age of Google, and these people probably thought, you know, nobody ever looked anything up in the newspaper archives, but who knows? Anyways, Oscar had. Yeah. Um, so then back at City South, the boys are still there for some reason. Well, like, because they're, they're being, always they, at work. They live there. <laughs> they're never not uh, at work. And Mother Voight has shown up with her tale of woe, which is like, don't go back to that town, she said, you know. Also, like, would you show up with something like that in, like, what appears to be the middle of the night? Um, well, maybe it's just sort of like the days are get no, maybe it's not that late. Like right now it's dark outside here. It's only quarter after eight. Like, yeah. But, you know, Doc did say sounds like a midnight break in this. Well, and then Miss Fisher said, well, not quite midnight. Yeah. So I guess also like this woman had just been notified that her son had died. So she'd come in to like pick up his belongings or whatever. So that makes sense. Yeah. So, you'd, you'd go to the police station. Upon yeah. Your news. Anyways. So then back in the dingy barn, um, some midnight grape stamping is about to occur. I have in my notes, grape stomping good times. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. I We can record an entire episode about just this scene. <laughs> oh my goodness. Also, I was watching this in the living room and Rob was like sitting there with his computer, but I had it on the TV. So like the sound was on and everything. And at this scene, he like looks over at the TV and he's like, what? is going on because it's like, <laughs> like don't worry about it just some great stopping exactly what it looks like Rob exactly <laughs> what it looks like <laughs> um oh. I'd, I'd also like to say that I'm like 75% sure that no one ever made wine this way like I don't think that people ever actually stomped on grapes except for like maybe in like you know 500 BC or something no they talk about in the in the Bible, treading in the, the wine press, which means like you're walking on the grapes. But would you be walking on a press in order to like a? Oh yeah, yeah. That's probably not actually referring. The wine press itself is probably something that you're like pressing with your body weight, but not directly with your feet, because that's really gross. It's really and gross. Also, just seems totally inefficient because you would just sink in. <laughs> oh. Oh, I can't. Oh, okay. Anyways, uh, before the grape stopping begins, we we do learn some. Franny's investigating before she gets onto other matters. Yeah, important. Some important clues. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Eric had been splitting his share of the farm with Frank. Um. And Clem wanted to be official, as previously discussed. Um, Eric asked Oscar's permission for this, which is why Os- Oscar disagreed, which is why he came to the farm. Uh, and then Eric starts dumping grapes into the vat. A special oh, variety. You know what I mean. <laughs> yep. And he climbs this in. This is my there. sex grape vat. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and he doesn't even wash his feet or anything. He just takes his shoes oh. off and climbs in there. And this is so he's been, like, tramping around on the farm all day. He's probably wearing, like, wool socks inside of, like, you know, like, boots that they don't have some fancy breathe technology that we have now in our shoes like oh these God, are some no. sweaty feet let me tell you they're sweaty they're maybe sweaty. Th- maybe he's trying to introduce some like natural yeast into the the fermentation oh. environment like this is like the oh. sourdough of wine oh <laughs> <laughs> oh 
they probably didn't bathe right as regularly back then as they do now. Like it's not like they had showers in their house where you just do a quick rinse off. No, it's gross, but it's not as gross as what's about to happen. Oh. <laughs> also, like the sensuous stocking removal where she's just like slipping that stocking down. It's like it's like we take a hard left turn into like a romantic. I don't know, like some kind of like B romantic movie. Like I you know what I mean? Like there was something very like top gun sex scene about yeah, it. Like, yeah. Slow mo, like And then anyway. even after she gets into the van, she keeps asking him questions about the biz like about the investigation. Like and then they they suddenly just start kissing. And I was like, so we went talking about a hard left turn. She's like, I still need to know what happened to your brother and like tell me about this profit sharing agreement you have with Frank. And now let's have sex in these grapes. Like <laughs> she's seduction sleuthing. Classic <laughs> technique. What she does best. <laughs> so he kisses her, which is interesting. I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, and then also my additional note on this is like I'm pretty sure the prop department didn't invest in that many grapes because if you watch the scene, you never see more than like one square foot of grapes. Like <laughs> they never show like the whole vat. It's just sort of like Miss Fisher's little foot just stepping into, like, one small area of grapes. Well, grapes are, like, they're one of the more expensive fruits at the grocery store. That's true. I used to always feel guilty about buying them. Yeah. They're actually not my favorite. I don't know. They're, like, eight dollars a pound often, aren't they? Well, if you're buying them at Whole Foods. (laughs) Well, sometimes if you buy cheap grapes, they're bad, so. (laughs) Oh, I can't afford to buy eight dollar (laughs) grapes. Well, I'm just saying, you know, I bought grapes at Costco, and then Dan's been like, these are sour, and he won't eat them, so. Why don't you make them into some some wine? Yeah, maybe. Maybe I should. (laughs) Okay, but yeah, like, I mean, we have to discuss the fact that they definitely are implying that they have sex in this vat of grapes. Well, because, yeah, at the end, when Friday serves this wine to Jack. Crossing so many lines. So and she says, I stopped it with my feet mainly, which mainly. definitely means that other things were smashing those grapes. They definitely had sex in those grapes. Totally ridiculous. Oh. Also, like, she would have ruined her outfit, which she then, I think, goes on to wear subsequently. <laughs> anyway. Well, maybe the outfit got removed before she was fully in the grapes. But do we not see them in the scene sort of sinking down into the vat? Well, just with the feet. I think they... They don't they sort of they kiss and then they sort of, you know, make moves towards lying down. Does that happen? Did I, I don't ma- remember. I don't know. Maybe. I'm gonna follow up and find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, report back, report back. Um. <laughs> I just don't even think that would be comfortable. Those grapes would probably be cold and juicy and sticky. And, and like very slippery. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it'd be kind of fun. Oh, my God. It's probably this guy's, like, lifetime fantasy, though. Oh, for sure. Why do you think he, like, lures her into this vat of grapes? It's like, they're talking about the business, and he just, like, keeps working, which is, like, late at night. I'm like, he's definitely just luring her into his vat of grapes. Yeah, like, since when does he think at midnight he's going to, like, just do some personal grape stomping for his personal... No, 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 this is definitely a seduction play. Like, hey, lady, I know what you like. Vat of grapes. 
props to him because it's not mm-hmm. often she lets herself be seduced. Like usually she's making the move, I think. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, my next note is Miss Fisher gets it on with her client while Dot waits in obvious alarm back at the inn to tell her that someone has broken in. And she's like sitting there reading her Bible and like like glancing nervously at the drawer with the snake in it. <laughs> It reminds you of the first episode where she's, like, waiting for the phone to ring. Oh, my God, yes. Like, and Miss Fisher is, like, partaking in two vices that Dot would disapprove of, which is, like, just, I don't know, alcohol and fornication. Um, So that, anyway, they try to make a break for it, but the Hispano is apparently actually broken down now, which is highly suspicious. Um, And also, the pistol is missing. Again! Don't leave your, like, take that pistol with you, Phryne. What are you thinking? Keep it on your person. Maybe she was planning to sink down into a vat of grapes and she just didn't want to tarnish the gold of the pistol. Mm. All right. Well, if you look at it that way, it's a very smart move. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I also have noted for this scene, like, why would they sabotage her car if they just want her to leave them alone? Like, she was about to leave. Um, good question. I think at this point it's just vindictive. Yeah, but it's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so then anyway, the next morning the body is being whisked away despite last night's grape stomping. Um, and Eric says it's because he doesn't want to be an outsider in the town. So he's just going along with it. But like we know Jack's about to show up and put a stop to it, um, which he does. Uh, Literally then, cuts off the hearse. Oh, yeah. Classic Jack. And did you notice that, like, the interior of his police car is red? Like, he opens no. the door and the inside of it is red, just like the lining of his coat is red. Ooh. I, wonder if I that's did intentional. not notice this. I love that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then he has, like, a little standoff with Clem, which Clem just definitely loses. Um, and his alibi for the day of the murder is shaky at best. He, like, yes. Also, you get something. Like- a great line in the scene where he's like, unload that hearse driver. Like, I love it. I live for the day when I'll be able to say unload that hearse driver. <laughs> that body is part of an important investigation. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine they open it up and roll out the casket? And it's like somebody's grandma. Like, like dressed in. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> never mind. Sorry. Wrong body. Wrong hearse. Wrong hearse. <laughs> Um, we also get a great, this is, I also love this in the traveling episodes where Jack arrives and he's like, I am taking over this investigation. And it is so sexy when he does that. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's ridiculous and probably would not actually happen in real life, but I still love it. Yeah. He just like pulls rank and he's like, yeah, I'm a detective inspector and you are a sergeant and I am in charge. I'm from the city. So I have jurisdiction here in the country. That's how it works. <laughs> I think it has more to do with his rank in the police force. Yeah. Um, sorry. So then, um, so. Oh, wait, we also get some sexual tension in the scene because Phryne is like, does her like, ah, it's so good to see you. Yeah, does she like touch him? I can't remember. There's a a glance exchange and he's like, how are you doing? And she's like, all the better for seeing you, Jack. Oh, right. Yeah. There's like a lot of eye gazing happening. Good stuff. Um, so then back in the room with the wine barrels, Frank is explaining that sulfide was burned to sterilize those vats, um, residue of which is what Miss Fisher found in the empty vat. Uh, but Frank clarifies that it shouldn't have actually touched the vat itself. Um, 
so that was like you know clear evidence that it wasn't a wasn't a, a sanctioned use of the sulfide um and the smoke is poisonous but like not that poisonous like it doesn't seem like it was well i don't know it's a little up in the air yeah well it's funny because he's like oh you wouldn't want to spread it on toast i suppose and then i'm thinking like so would breathing in a little bit of it actually have killed this guy I almost wonder if he suffocated. But I feel like it would take forever to suffocate in one of those barrels. Like, do you think they were airtight? Well, they must have been air. They had wine in them. I guess so, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Just put air in there. What a way to go. I, I feel like I would have kicked my way out. It's just a wooden barrel. Like, I mean, hasn't he seen Kill Bill? Like, just get out of there. <laughs> well, I think he was also knocked out. But then I guess he's clawing at the door, so I don't know. Yeah, he came too. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's a little unclear, isn't it? The actual cause of death. Yes. Um. So then back in the lobby of the inn, Velma, the innkeep, has like weird hanger handkerchiefs hanging from her tits, like in the front of the dress. She's like, <laughs> bit, in case she needs to blow her nose. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should start doing that. It'd be handy. Very easy access. Yeah, I think so. Um, so then the the doctor is confronted with the sulfide evidence and immediately is like, oh, I must have been wrong about the heart attack. <laughs> Gosh, I was mistaken. But at first he's like, well, you think a country doctor can't identify a heart attack? And it's like, well, clearly not. This patient does not die of a heart attack. Like, come on. Oh, you're not showing me any evidence to the contrary, man. <laughs> <laughs> So then out in the fields, um, Eric and Jack and Nefrini are having a discussion. Uh, Eric's alibi is that he was at the solicitors to contest his father's will, which was like something about preventing the boys from selling the farm. Yeah, well, Um, he wanted to sell his part of his share to Frank officially because he's kind of unofficially doing it. But mm -hmm. in the dad's will, it specified that he couldn't sell it to someone outside the family. But he was claiming that his father wasn't of sound mind. Because his father had been locked up during the war for being German. And so he thinks his father killed himself and wasn't of a sound mind when he made his will because he was like depressed and in like mental anguish. Is that, did you research this? I forgot to research it, but is that a thing that happened? Like were Germans in Australia interned during the war? I did not actually look it up, but that sounds like definitely what happened to the dad. That would suck. That's super yeah. lame. Yeah, I agree. Um, so then suddenly someone shoots Jack's hat off. Um, and I love the way Jack pulls Miss Fisher down, like, to protect her. And her feet sort of fly up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, Eric grabs her hand. And I think Jack kind of notices. It's like, oh, not again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of wish there'd been a little bit more tension over it. But they never really elaborate on it. Um, so they rush over to the police station where the sergeant smugly allows all his guns to be examined none of them fired the shot um and then out in the town square hugh has chosen the wrong moment to propose to dot (laughs) um and i feel like this perhaps foreshadows a future romantic overture which results in the lady becoming distracted by a clue (laughs) (laughs) yeah it does echo a certain future episode yeah (laughs) but it does yeah so like he was obviously about to to propose or say something important but clue notice or clue dot notices a clue um which is flora the housekeeper pulling something off of the town's creepy scarecrow and then she sort of runs off um she claims it was just a handkerchief stolen off of the washing line but dot doesn't believe it searches through the scarecrow and finds a page of german poetry 
uh, while Hugh further fumbles about trying to go down on one knee. And it's, he, like, it's a pu- pulls out the ring, starts to kneel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Doc's like, you seem really it. strange today, Hugh. What is wrong with you? <laughs> and then she's like, runs off. She's like, come on, Hugh, keep up. I wonder how often this happens. Like someone tries to propose <laughs> and the recipient of the proposal is just like not having it. And they like end up fighting instead. <laughs> Probably not that often. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's a love poem it is a love poem you was right about that yes um so jack translates the poem uh and i take umbrage with this translation oh uh, really i was wondering i was curious to hear what you thought yeah well so i looked it up and my suspicion is that they could not get the rights to this poem or they didn't want to pay oh. because what you see on the page is not the same text as what you see if you Google this poem. They're like, the words are a little bit different. And what it says in their version is all that joins us um, instead of, I think Jack says like all that touches us, which is what the actual poem is. So Jack is giving the actual translation of the real poem, but what's on the page differs. Oh, interesting. So it's almost like they couldn't show the image of it, but they could say the words. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Or maybe huh. was, yeah, I don't know. But like it says, like all that joins us joins us like the stroke of a violin bow that pulls one tone from two strings, which mm. is just a little bit different than what Jack says. Huh. Yeah, because that's not what Jack says. Yeah. Interesting. I did look up this poet and he's still one of the most popular best selling poets in the U.S., so maybe that's why the rights are kind of hard to get because he's still really popular. I had never heard of him though. Yeah, so. me. It's a nice poem though, I guess. Yeah. Well, so it's it's um Rain Rainier Maria Rilke. Um, and on Wikipedia, I you know didn't do a whole ton of like deep research on this, but it um it says that he invokes haunting images that focus on the difficult dif- difficulty of communion with the ineffable. In an age of disbelief, solitude, and profound anxiety. And I had in my notes, I wonder why Jack was into that poetry. <laughs> That's funny. Also, I think I think it's hilarious that he can just translate this on the spot. And he's like, oh, yeah, my German tutor would thank you for that compliment. And it's like, I just think it's ridiculous. Like, he wouldn't have been able to. <laughs> but I see my theory is that he's actually just, like, reads his poetry regularly because he's so. Oh, like, Yeah. It's actually his favorite poem. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, he just reads this at night and he like looks at a photo of Miss Fisher and just cries himself to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Also, okay, going back to the Shakespeare, speaking of Jack's reading habits, Hugh, he must keep that collected Shakespeare in his office because how else would you get to it? Yeah, why would he have it in his office? He's like investigating a crime (laughs) and he's like, let's see what the Merchant of Venice has to say about this. (laughs) All right, well, here's my theory. So, you know, like today in the computer age, if you want a little like mental break from work, you just like go on BuzzFeed or whatever. But back in the day, you couldn't do that. So if you had the collected works of Shakespeare in your office, if you're like, I'm stuck on this crime, I can't solve it. I need a break. You'd go and just like read some Antony and Cleopatra. I guess so. Although personally, I think I would have chosen like um, a comic book or like I don't know like a penny dreadful I think is what they called them back then like I I think I would personally not have been reading the collective works of Shakespeare to distract myself from work or <laughs> some kind of you know trash yeah distract myself from work with yeah so. I would have probably had like a, a little collection of secret photographs of like ladies showing their stockings or something <laughs> 
yeah, but this is Jack Robinson. He's way too classy for any of that shit. But that's true. Yeah. Like he would if if yeah. Like if Jack saw Facebook, he would be like, "Excuse me, no, thank you very much." But I am yeah. going to go back to Shakespeare. <laughs> the side note: I do actually find that in in real people, kind of annoying and pretentious what when they're like, like <laughs> "What." If they like Shakespeare? No, if they're like, oh, I'm, like, too good for this. If people that are, like, you know, they're like, oh, I'm not on Facebook at all. And, like, oh, Game of Thrones, I would never watch that. Hell, how to be in. You're like, come on, just, like, let people enjoy things. <laughs> like, All right, as someone yeah. who's admittedly still not watched the last episode of Game of Thrones because I can't be bothered, I take offense to that. <laughs> yeah, but you're not out there, like, making fun of people who do watch it. That's what I mean. Oh, no, I mean, I'll, yeah. That, that irritates me when people like to make fun of things and you can tell that they're just doing it to put themselves above others but when it's like not, i think yeah that's not how Jack no. is, though. he yeah. just like genuinely likes the intellectual stimulation of shakespeare also let's be real shakespeare is kind of like dirty and hilarious so that's true yeah you know, there's something about yeah. shakespeare okay so next we've got a suspect round robin um because uh, i forgot to mention that miss fisher sends dot and hugh back to Melbourne to question the mother and also to get the negatives developed that she finds. Um, And he was like, maybe there'll be a scenic lookout along the way. He's just (laughs) trying so hard. Oh my God. And Jack is so onto him. It's like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, we don't have time for that. So in Maiden Creek, Flora is just like casually picking lemons and also doing some power clashing in a floral apron and a floral dress, Uh, which like respect. I mean, she is combining a large print with a small print, which is one way to to mix prints. Um, She denies that she was having an affair, but she does confirm the theory about Father Voigt. She's learning the language. Right. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet that's what she was up to. Um, and then Frank is spraying something on the grapes and he knew about the love poems, but he allegedly like doesn't care, um, which I guess turns out to be true. And they never elaborate on that. <laughs> Weird. Um, he his alibi is that he was setting up for the harvest lunch. Velma will confirm Velma when questioned, also wearing an ugly apron. Can't be bothered to remember people's comings and goings. I know anything. Nothing. she's obviously still angry about the war and those pesky krauts um and then oscar's body get we discover that oscar's body has been snatched so no time to stand around chatting Ah! so then what (laughs) nothing i just made a weird noise okay (laughs) i liked it Um, so then at City South, Hugh is still trying to pop the question, but Dot is like, all business. <laughs> she is not um, interested in a picnic. She is not interested in the pie cart. There is no time. <laughs> <laughs> she honestly really reminded me of me in this scene. Like, I could just picture, like, me in the kitchen and, and dance trying to, like, come up and give me, like, a nice kiss. And I'm like, the Tupperware doesn't go in this drawer. Why did you put it here? You know, like, completely missing the point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he, I just—it's so—it's so endearing. He was just—just—he's really trying. He really is. Um, although I don't know why he thought like the pie cart would be particularly romantic. Well, I think they'd buy pies from the cart and then go eat them somewhere romantic. 
And then maybe he'd slip the ring into the pie for an unpleasant surprise. Um, <laughs> not how I'd want to be proposed to, but. <laughs> um, so anyway, then Dot interviews Mother Voigt. Um, they brought the grapevines over from Germany, um, but then during the war, no one liked them and her husband was locked up. Um, and then the day that she went to go pick up her boys after the war, like from the docks or whatever, her husband died. And she also thinks that he killed himself. Uh, Dot shows her the photos that show him at this festival, which was allegedly canceled due to his death. So yeah, and she's like really confused. Yeah. Also in this scene, the cor- <laughs> this is random, but the corsage that Ida is wearing, we've seen it before. And it was on, I'm pretty sure it was on a hat that Dot wears in a previous episode. Really? It's like really ugly, like mushroom corsage. Oh, weird. And we have seen it before. And it's not that. good. Yeah, they reuse stuff. Yeah. I like that they reuse stuff, but that corsage should never should have existed. <laughs> Um, so then back at Maiden Creek, Jack and Friday are snooping around in the police station because Clem is nowhere to be found. Is that Friday... legal? <laughs> what? Is that legal? Like, you can just snoop around his office? Well, Jack is a detective inspector, so. I guess so. It's basically his office. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they find a map on the wall and they discover that there's a shortcut, a shortcut across the gully. So... Part of Clem's alibi was that the bridge was out, so it took him an hour to get back to Maiden Creek, but um, he would have had time to get back sooner than he said, so his alibi is a little bit in question, which it always was. Um, And then Clem shows up, and he's wearing very dirty shoes, um, which they immediately (laughs) jump to the conclusion that he has thrown Oscar's body down a mine shaft, obviously. Gotta be. Um, so on this evidence, Jack arrests him and escorts him to the jail. Um, so then he admits to driving through the gully, but only to follow Eric to the solicitor, um, because he, turns out he was really interested in this dispute over the will because he really wanted Frank to have his, you know, official share in the vineyard. Um, and the lawyer that Eric went to go see said there's a good chance of overturning the will. So why would he kill Oscar? So this is sort of where I think Jack and Friday are realizing that maybe Clem is not actually the murderer. Yeah, he's um, just a <laughs> Yeah, it turns out <laughs> not a murderer, still not a good guy. Um, so then back at the hotel, the phone is ringing and Friday answers and conveniently it's Dot to report on the photographs. But we don't find out right away what she learned because Velma comes in um, and Friday is realizing that Dr. Ryan's son also was killed in the war. And um, Friday realizes that Velma is maybe protecting the doctor. And then the doctor walks in and Friday accuses him of lighting the sulfur stick because she saw Velma brushing the dirt off his shirt, which is just, it's a lot of, a lot of clues to put together, but Friday's just on a roll. Um, So then cue a very dramatic scene where Velma pulls Miss Fisher's pistol out of her laundry basket. Um, That's where I keep mine too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Laundry basket. Um, and she sort of like holds up Jack and Friday and is like, give me the keys to the cell and throws them to Dr. Ryan to go let Clem out. She then leaves Jack and Friday outside at gunpoint. Um, and Friday like clambers into her car and honks the horn. <laughs> Cause I think oh she's that Velma isn't going to actually kill her. Um, yeah. which is like a pretty risky gamble, but Jack's like hyperventilating. He's like, Oh my God, stop. Yeah, he's like, what are you doing? You are like, <laughs> 
Um, and then Frank and Flora run up and Clem and Ryan come back um, and Clem has a gun. So he kind of has a standoff with Val and um, she finally puts the gun down and gives it back to Franny and starts crying. Mm-hmm. So then they bring them all in for questioning. Um, and Franny accuses Ryan of filling out a false death certificate for Mikhail. Um, claiming that he died the night before, even though there's photographic evidence that he was at the festival. Um, so then Velma reveals that she got a telegram the day of the festival saying that her son had died. Um, and Clem confirms that a photogra- photographer had come from the newspaper to do a feature about peace and prosperity. So at the community hall, someone had written dirty kraut on the wall. So Mikhail was kind of cleaning it off frantically. And Ryan and Clem are kind of talking with him, trying to convince him to go on with the festival. And then Velma just comes up and shoots him. So that's how he died. Not a heart attack. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, clearly she was in a lot of distress, but definitely murder. Yeah. And that, what a yeah. bold cover up too. Like just yeah. shocking. Shock, truly shocking. Um, so then Ryan and Clem witness this, but then they engage in this cover up. So when Ida and her sons arrive, Ryan and Clem tell them that Mikhail had died the night before um, to cover up for Velma. And then Oscar eventually figures it out, which is why he's been asking for the death certificate. He was going to have the body exhumed um, and kind of had created this false narrative that it was Clem that was covering it up. Um, But then Ryan tries to convince Oscar not to follow through on this line of trying to figure out what actually happened to his dad and he is not being convinced so Ryan kills him so Mm. murder number two um and then Velma's it just is confirmed that her motivation for the murder was she was just really upset about how many how many young boys died in the war and then those the German boys came back and even though they had been fighting for the allies she was just decided to shoot their father so Really? Well, I don't think she was of sound mind. <laughs> oh. um, so then back at City South, Jack and Eric are talking and Ida arrives. So then her and Eric have a tearful reunion because they've been separated for some, kind of estranged for some time, I think, because Eric had gone back to take care of the vineyard. Mm-hmm. And then we get the sweetest scene. Oh, yeah. Um, we're back at the ranch. Dot is peeling potatoes. And Hugh shows up, and he's really, really, he's looking really sharp. He's out in that constable's <laughs> uniform. He's got his hair all combed back. He asks for some candles, and he lights them up and reads. Oh, my God, this terrible thing that he wrote. Oh, my God. <laughs> something from Shakespeare about. <laughs> oh, my God. About Dot being his mistress. <laughs> I love like, how. Excuse me. And then I love how he's like, I can't read it right because they turn off the lights. But it's like he clearly wrote that, and he's just trying to cover up the fact that like Dot didn't like it. He's like, oh no, that's that's not what it was. <laughs> yeah, he like he like brings the candle closer. It's like no, this is a terrible thing to say. And again, he was just really trying. But um, finally, Dot just steps in and like takes the paper away, and it's like, no, <laughs> that's just stop that piece of it <laughs> and i'll admit this this scene definitely made me tear up because it's so sweet it's very sweet yeah and he, yeah and he gets down on one knee and it's like all i want, really want to say is that you make everything all right and i can't imagine Aww. life without you and i want you to marry me so oh it's really it's very sweet and the ring is beautiful i'm just gonna yeah it's kind of unusual but i yeah. guess 
I think actually back then people didn't really use engagement rings, though. Oh, so maybe it's just a little nod to our cultural conventions of today. Yeah. Well, anyway, in the next room we have some more mature, <laughs> we involved people <laughs> engaging and- in a more complicated courtship. <laughs> Because Friday's now serving Jack her, like, weird sex wine. <laughs> oh, my God. Which is, like, not even fermented yet. Like, no, it's just grape juice. Oh, my God. And she's, I like, can't. definitely gives it to him, like, very suggestively. And I'm, like, gross. Ooh. Oh, so weird. So weird. Like, what were they in the writer's room? Were they, like, yeah. And then she gives Jack the wine that she crushed. I don't know. With her sex humping. <laughs> And then she's like, I, I, I crush it with my feet mainly, and it's like, oh my god. But I think most importantly, she got him a new hat. Yeah, which is actually, and then she like puts it on his head at a very jaunty angle. Oh my god, it's like when she puts it on his head, it's like electric, like his grin. <laughs> it's just very hot. Yeah. She like tugging on his lapels, and it's like, oh. More <laughs> sexual tension. Oh my god, just make out already. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. and that's the end of the episode. Yeah. All right. So, did you want to do your murder recap? Sure. So, in the town of Maiden Creek, a German family, the Voigts, has settled down and started a vineyard. Then World War One arrives, and Mikhail, the father, is locked up. I assume for being German. Never really delved into it in the show. Yeah. Um, the two sons go off to war, um, along with other boys from the town, including the sel- sons of Velma, the hotel proprietor, and Dr. Ryan. During the war, many local boys die, including Dr. Ryan's son, Velma's husband, and on Armistice Day, Velma's son is wounded and eventually dies. Um, so on the, way, on the day of the first local wine festival since the war, she receives news that her son has died. Um, and they have decided to delay the festival so that Eric and Oscar, whose father owns the vineyard in town can come to the festival. And the father has been let out of prison, but is still being harassed for being German. Um, And then the day of the festival, someone from the newspaper comes to take photos. But before the boys arrive, Velma shoots Mikhail, since she's gotten word that her own son was killed. Clem and Ryan witnessed the murder and covered up by falsifying the death certificate and claiming that he died the night before of a heart attack, um, presumably to cover up for the fact that Velma shot him under distress upon learning news of her son's death. Um, So years later, Oscar has become suspicious and starts looking into his father's death. Eric is also trying to determine what happened so that he can contest his father's will, which stipulates that the sons can't sell their shares in the winery to anyone outside of the family. Their working theory is that Mikhail shot himself, but Oscar has obtained newspaper photographs indicating that Mikhail was alive the day of the festival. So he really starts questioning Dr. Ryan about his father's death, wanting to exhume the body, see the death certificate. Um, Turns out Ryan and Velma have struck up a a romance. So Ryan takes action, (laughs) knocks Oscar out, and locks him in a wine vat, um, which ultimately (laughs) leads to his death somehow. Um, well, Maybe some sulfide, I, unclear. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, he's dead, and Ryan killed him. Um, so then Flora, who's married to Frank, the son of Clem, the police officer, um, daughter, she is the daughter of Dr. Ryan. She was having an affair with Oscar, um, but that doesn't have anything to do with the murder, except that she finds the body. Um, also, not nothing to do with the murder. Eric wanting to bring Frank in on the uh, on the vineyard, and Clem pushing for that. Clem wasn't on the cover-up of the first murder, though. So that's 
yeah, murder in Maiden Creek. Sums it up. We got an old timey murder, a bit of a cold case, and uh, a current times murder. Current times murder for Mr. <laughs> oh, I also ended my murder recap with hashtag small town life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it's like. <laughs> um, all right. So best outfit. What was your best outfit of the week? I had Hugh's proposal suit. He looked so Um, I had Jack's new hat. But Ooh. I would also like to note that there were a lot of good hats in this episode generally. Yes. Dot wears a couple that I like and just, you know. Yeah. I also, I really like Defrani's ridiculous coat that she brought with her to Mamie Creek. <laughs> yeah, pretty extra. I also like that she wears her, like, director boots or, like, yes. her aviator lady yes. boots. Because she's like, I'm going to farm. It's time for my boots. <laughs> yes. I also noted that. <laughs> yeah. What about worst outfit? Um, I felt there was nothing particularly egregious, but I did just put the flowers on flowers that we see on Flora. Mm-hmm. Funny that Flora was wearing flowers on flowers. Yeah. Perhaps it was intentional. Perhaps. Um, I had Dot's proposal dress because I really didn't like it. <laughs> and <laughs> you looked I, so good. It's just like, once again, a case of Dot having the wrong body type for the era. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, that's, that's totally it. Yeah. Um, last week? I had Hugh. He finally, he finally finds his moment after trying so hard. Aww. And she says yes, so. Um, well, I had Dot because she gets proposed to and also she discovers a ton of clues this episode. Yes, once again, key to the investigation. Yeah. Um, worst week? <laughs> um, hard to say. I had Clem, though. I feel Clem. like he really got, you know, all his business was just messed up this like very snooping lady comes in and, and gets all up in his business and the detective inspector comes and pulls rank and puts him in jail even though he didn't commit the murder and yeah scandalous um i had flora <laughs> and I that loses her lover boy which like <laughs> i must have been deep into the wine by the time i got to this wow yeah um, but yeah then she also discovers you know that her father committed a murder so that sucks <laughs> Yeah, really, that's that's a better answer than Clem, because he kind of knew, he kind of was in on the whole thing the whole time, so. Also, it just occurred to me that it would suck if your husband didn't care that you were having an affair, like, because that just means he doesn't care about you. Yeah. Maybe Frank was actually in love with Eric, which would, I think, be a cool plot twist that I'm inventing right now. You know what, though? Maybe. They did have this sort of, like, casual agreement and... Yeah, you need it to be official, you know. I like yeah. that. I like that explanation. Sort of, a, better. sort of a Boston marriage kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my new headcanon for this episode. <laughs> um, what about the murder? Um, I I put it at as as an eight, even though as we discussed, not actually established how the murder happened, but the locking <laughs> of the wine vat is just it's a bold move. Yeah, I mean, at the time that I rated this, I was assuming that the sulfide killed him. So I wrote, sealed in with toxic smoke, whole town conceals a killing. That's a nine from me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, a whole town. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. It was a pretty small town, though. Um, And then I would like to ask you your absurd Miss Fisher School of the Week, but I think I can guess what it is going to be. (laughs) Stomping. (laughs) (laughs) With feet. Mainly. Mainly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sexual tension? I, okay, this might be controversial. I gave it a seven just because of the scene at the end is so smoldering. I gave it a seven as well. Okay, yeah. it was 
Marshall that. I mean, he does like pull her out of the like range of a gun and mm, yeah. You know. Yeah. There's some glances. Whereas last episode we had no glances at all. Absolutely episode, nothing. Yeah. Stop glances. Um, I guess that wraps us up for this episode. It does. Um, next week we're doing Dead Air, which is another really, 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 really good episode. Oh my god, Dead Air is next week. Oh, oh, my my god. Jack. oh Jack in a sweater. Yes. Oh my god. Such a good one. Ah. <laughs> um, well. Till then. Yeah. Well, wait. Like, next time we'll be doing Miss Fisher's Modern Mysteries. Oh, uh, right. Well, I'm also very excited about that. So, listeners, stay tuned for the next few weeks because we've got some good ones coming for you. Uh, maybe we should go back to doing every week. That seems too aggressive. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. I mean, tweet at us if you really want us to, but it, it was breakneck. We were tired. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, every lady, (laughs) (laughs) very serious, very serious.